When did that happen? Anybody know? What did, what did Jesus say? He said, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the bell, in the, in the belly of the, of the fish, of the whale, some say, or big fish, whatever it was. He says, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Why did Jesus go down for three days and three nights? Huh? To destroy the works of the devil. To yeah, preach. That's, that's good too. That's right. To minister. Uh, he went and proclaimed. He went and preached. Um, and, and, okay, remember the story about um, the rich man and Lazarus? Yeah. Uh, you, you remember that um, there was a place in the Bible, there was two, two different places. There was a place called Hades and a place called Gehenna. Uh, Gehenna, both of them were down. They were not, when you died in the Old Testament before Christ, uh, and even then, people went down to a place called Paradise or Hades. When the rich man died, he was buried and went to Gehenna, which all of it is in a, in a realm of, of under the earth. And in one part of the Hades is paradise, and another part of Hades is Gehenna. You remember that the rich man cried out to Mo, to a, uh, to Abraham because uh, the, the Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham in paradise, in, in a place of comfort. Whereas the rich man was in torment because he didn't live for God. He walked in darkness and in sin, so he went and he went there. And they and he would, was able to speak to them and say, would you tell Lazarus to bring and just dip the tip of his finger on my tongue to cool me for I'm in torment? And, of course, Abraham said, uh, that can't be. There's a gulf fixed between us and you can't cross over from one to the other. And, he, and then he went on and he conversed with him more. <clears throat> but when Christ... Um, died on the cross, he went down first. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 8. Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, what is it that but that he also descended in first into the lower parts of the earth? So he went down first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that he ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave gifts to men. So he went down. Remember, they went and looked at him too. He says, he's not yet ascended, touch me not. And then he came and he went back up. When he went down, he proclaimed to the spirits that were in prison. It was kind of a prison there to set, to, to set them free from that and the liberty and come forth from that. Now it so says... What you're saying is he went down to the people that was not in the hell part and well, said you can come up. Keep, in, keep in mind, before... Christ died and resurrected, people still had a conscience of sin. They could never be completely cleansed. So Christ went down, proclaimed to them, cleansed them of their conscience for what Jesus had done so that they could then ascend 
to the Father. There was no approach to the Father except by the high priest in the Old Testament. Now we have an approach to the Father. So he went down and he preached to those that had died before his death, burial, and resurrection that did not have an approach to the Father, but he preached to them to have an approach to him. And now they had that approach. They were cleansed, and they could go and be with the Father. See, you, before in the Old Testament, you couldn't approach the Father. You had, you had, to, you had to go to get a, your best lamb or your best, best goat and offer it up and so forth. Now we have it so, so wonderful because we can approach the throne of grace. And so he, he wanted to free them so they could do the same thing. You can approach the Father. That's right. Right. Now, with sometimes these, back, these that were in Gehenna, they were dis, there were those that were disobedient when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was prepared, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Remember, uh, uh, the Bible says that, that uh, it calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. Noah preached to the people to be righteous. And God was long-suffering to those people, but they would not repent. So what did God do? Go with me to Genesis the book of Genesis, chapter 6. And verse 5. This, this is an example of the world living with no law. With no commandments and no law. This is an example of what happens. Perfect example. Verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. His mind was continually on evil all the time, is what the Bible says. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. God wanted to see mankind live in happiness and peace and joy with one another. They were fighting each other. They were stealing one another's wives. They were all the immoral, whatever you can think of, they were doing. And, you know, some people say, well, God knows what the future. God limited himself to know. He, he said, because he said he, it repented God. He was sorry. He changed his mind like I shouldn't have made him. Because look what they did. They, 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 they destroying each other. They destroying one another. They're they doing all this crazy stuff. And look what it says. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, creeping things, fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made it. And how long did that take? How long were you on the earth before that happened? Well, we're in Genesis chapter 6, and Genesis chapter 1 is when he created the first man and woman. I still think there were probably thousands, maybe a million. It wasn't as many of today, of course, but because it was, it was not far from the beginning of creation. But that is how they wanted to live, right? Th that's how they wanted to live. So what was the, God was the only one who wasn't on board, so... Well, God didn't create man. God's the creator, and that's not, that's not the reason he created. He thought he wanted to see man enjoy life and treat know, one another they right. Were, they, they were doing what they wanted. But, but there was no purpose of creation then. There was I know, no I'm purpose saying, of creation. You, you said that God wanted us to live the way that we wanted to. We yeah. were. No, no, I never said that. You, you said you said He wanted He wanted to see them enjoy life or whatever. Like, yeah. that is our enjoyment. But they weren't enjoying life; they were killing each other. That That's was not what enjoying. They wanted to do though. Yeah, that was they, they were they were rebelling against each other and fighting each other. 
and, and God wanted to see better than that for me. God, you know, there have been times in my life that I was not where I needed to be in God. And there was time a lot Jill, my wife was not where she needed to be in God. And during that time, there was a lot of fighting and going on. We were doing what we wanted, and it was terrible. Now that, that we are different and we're living for God, we're, we're doing what we want in God and being pleasing to God. That's our goal. Now we're happy. We weren't happy then. We were, it's no fun to strive and to fight and to go through it. That's no good. God doesn't want why that do for us. Why do humans choose that path, though? Like, the only thing keeping us from being... I'm going to tell you why. Just a minute. The trips is going to tell you why. It's going to tell you why. But man chooses that path because that's what he chooses to do. He thinks that he can find happiness by finding his own That's life. what I'm saying. That's what's interesting to me is that if you take away the consequences, that is how we as humans want to live. But listen to what it says. But there was one man that was different. And the Lord said, I will destroy man. And, and, and he said, I repented and he made it. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to notice that. I, when I think of that, uh, Cedric, I think about uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where it says, for by grace you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. And a lot of people like to use that word. Well, I get the grace, you know, I'm just covered with the grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah was saved by that grace he found in the Lord. How did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? Obedience. By being obedient. If he'd have been like everybody else, he would have never found grace, right? Mm -mm. Because they didn't, they didn't find any, any grace in the Lord. They didn't, they didn't find it. But he found grace in the Lord. Um, did you want to say something? Oh, that's Don. Hey, Don. <laughs> you need, your, your volume's, uh, tell him what to do in his volume. I'm not hearing it. You gotta press the microphone. Don. Press microphone, Don. Don, press your microphone. Hey. There you go. Now we hear you. Hey, brother. I, I didn't have anything to add. I'm trying to. Okay. It's good to see you, man. We miss you tonight. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Looking good, Don. Looking good, Don. If you want to, you can turn your, you can turn your video off until you're ready to speak if you want to. Just hit video. And I don't know how to do that. Tell him. <laughs> right on the phone, it's got a th little thing with around. It looks like a video. Just press it. There you go. Good job. Okay. You're good, brother. Good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's, let's look at it further here. But Noah found grace in, in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Wes, I, I know you're listening to, I see that you're on, and you see where a lot of, when we're talking about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you saved through faith that not of yourselves, how people like to use that. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but how did he find grace? He found grace by walking in righteousness, because he wasn't uh, walking like the rest of the people who were walking at that time, fulfilling all the imaginations of their heart. I kind of saw that today, and I was like, wow, look at that, that's, that's how you find grace. Just like in Ephesians 2 where it talks about those that, uh, where he talks about before, before verse 8 and 9 where he talks about those that have, have uh, turned away from sin and walked in righteousness. And then they, that's how they found grace. Go ahead, Wes. Amen. Yeah. And specifically with Noah, you know, he was moved with godly fear and he built an ark. As Hebrews chapter 11 says, so... He heard the instruction on what he could do to save himself and his family. And then he included his family, started chopping down trees and building an ark. And that is how he found the grace yes. or what taught him to save him and his family. 
Yeah, I thought that was a good parallel. Like when you're talking to somebody, say, well, it's just by grace I'm saved. Well, how do you get that grace? Look how Noah got grace. He got that grace by, by walking in righteousness, not by walking in sin. But look what it says here. Uh, verse 9 says, these are the generations of Noah. It says, Noah was a what? Just man. You know that word just means? It means righteous, holy, blameless, without sin, and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Praise God. What a good testimony. That's a good testimony to have. Did Noah always walk with God? I don't, I don't, it doesn't say that, but it says at this point, he was definitely walking with God and walking as a just and a righteous man and so forth. And, and, and look at verse 12. And God looked up, up, upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Wow. Uh, go with me now to um, chapter 8 and verse 21. This is after uh, they were on the ark and the ark finally landed and they got on land and uh, God and uh, Noah makes an offering Wait, to one? the Lord. Uh, chapter 8, verse uh, 21. Hey, Pastor Don, something else is in verse 12. It says, had corrupted his way. Yes. That's good too. Yeah. His way. Yeah, What's his way? You yeah. know? Has his way changed? Yeah, you know? amen. No. And in verse uh, 21, it says, And the Lord, Noah had offered up a sweet smell of sacrifice to the Lord. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore of every, everything living as I have done. So he said that man goes astray as a youth. We all did. We chose our own way. And we made bad decisions, bad choices, uh, just like these had done. But they continued with those bad choices. Uh, we came to the place that we realized in my life, I know where I was not happy with the bad choices I made. I found out there was um, results and there was um, uh, consequences for bad choices, right? And I didn't want the consequences uh, from those bad choices. There's no doubt that, that, um, that sin can be pleasurable for a season. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11. But the end thereof brings forth death. And it's not just death of eternal damnation, but it brings forth death in your family, brings forth death in, your, in, in, your, uh, uh, in everything that you do in life, your home, your, 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 uh, your friends, your, your lifespan, your, your, uh, everything that you own, everything, it wrecks everything. Wes, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that um, how it says uh, from their youth, I just thought, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about that before because people use that scripture. And you even said, you know, I mean, all have fall short of the glory of God. So I guess from your youth, everybody, you know, has fallen short um, at some point. Um, but does that mean that everybody in their youth just has to sin? Uh, what we see with the rich young ruler, it says that I've kept all these commandments from my youth. So yeah, yeah. it's possible Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. He just yeah, said this one good. thing you lack, and that was he was holding on to riches. Um, but as far as all the other commandments, the rich young ruler was keeping it from his youth. So whether you're in your youth, your old age, or even, you know, um, just at, at a, an adolescent stage and haven't come to an age of accountability, 
Um, there's a training, you know, uh, a child up in the ways of the Lord so that when he is older, or even when he reaches his age of youth, he won't depart. That's good. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good point, Wes. I appreciate you bringing that forward. Hey, Boyd has something to say as well. Boyd, uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just uh, wondering when uh, David, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, when, when, he, when he built the temple, uh, God said he had blood on his hand. Uh, was it because uh, he, he couldn't be f uh, forgiven? Uh, uh, like when Jesus died, I mean, could he have built it like, you know, if, if Jesus would have died and covered him? Just just a question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think when he was talking about that, uh, uh, boy, he was talking about that the temple couldn't be built uh, because he had shed so many blood, so much blood that it would be built by his son Solomon. Uh, I just think that because because uh, uh, God used him so much with so much blood that he that he that he couldn't completely be cleansed. I think like uh, someone could today. I think you're right on that. That's good. I never thought of thought of it that way, but that's a good point, boy. Thank you. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. The, the scripture says in, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, um, verse 29, just, just to clarify this, verse 29 of chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes, he says, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright. God made man upright. But man has sought out many inventions. They sought out, we sought out our own ways. The Psalms also says, it says that uh, we are wonderfully and marvelously made. So it's not God that has us to sin. It's us who makes the wrong choice, just like Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. What chapter and what verse? That was uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and 29. So we'll go back to 1 Peter now. In verse 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. In other words, not the outward cleaning of your body, you know, like taking a bath, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. So when you work, when you baptize into Christ, it, uh, it, it, it cleans your conscience also of where you write with God. And that's where you're going down with Christ and resurrected in, in, with Christ. Go to, go to um, Romans chapter 6. We'll start at verse 1. And this is a good answer. Paul answers this in the verse, first verse of chapter 6 of people thinking, well, you know, I'm just saved by grace, and uh, I don't need to be concerned with uh, walking in righteousness. First of all, you would walk in righteousness to be saved by grace. But he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Some people say today, in most churches, they will tell you, you can continue in sin, and grace will abound. I had a guy to tell me, uh, well, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't continue in it. But if we still do it, like they still like to add that addendum, you know, like they would agree with verse one and they'll say, yeah, we shouldn't continue. And they would agree that you shouldn't continue, but they would add an addendum and say, but if, 
you know. As okay, the, the rest of the scripture, the next verses, uh, uh, tell you that exact answer if they would just read a little bit more. Because he says then, uh, after he says that, shall we continue to say grace may abound? He says, God forbid. No, he says. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If you still have sin manifest, that means you're not dead to it yet. Correct. They you're still alive to it. Correct. That goes along with... Uh, Mm, that goes along with what you said early with Noah, how Noah was walking in righteousness, which uh, which goes hand in hand, which why he was saved by grace in Ephesians chapter two, which also uh, goes along with verse two that like it goes alignment. It says that shall we continue that grace may abound. Noah was saved by grace through his righteousness. And verse two, how can we that are dead? So Noah was already dead. To himself mm -hmm. or to his flesh, and he yeah. was walking in righteousness of the Lord. You know, and so yeah. that that kind of reminds me of Luke chapter one verse five, uh, of, of five verse one. I think it's Luke chapter one verse five for sure. It talks about Zacharias and how mm -hmm. Zacharias was walking, you know, in, in obedience, and so Amen. those action words for sure. Amen. Okay, so so he says uh, verse three. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Amen. Now, th there is a literal baptism, a water baptism, mm -hmm. and I think that everyone should take part of that. Why? Because Jesus said to. Yeah. He said, go preach the gospel in Matthew 28, 19. He said, go preach the gospel in all the world, teaching them to observe all, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've, that I've commanded, commanded you, Lord, with you always. Jesus himself was baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, I, I strongly uh, urge you to do that. Uh, when, when they asked Peter in Acts 2.38, they asked Peter, what, what, what shall we do to be saved? What Peter told him, he, he, says, he says, repent. That was the first step. So godly sorrow, repentance. And what was the next step? Salvation. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Amen. And then you will receive the Holy Ghost. So baptism is part of you all. A literal baptism where... We submerge you in my whirlpool and, uh, and bring you back up into newness of life. You say, well, I've been baptized years ago, and that's fine, you know, and so forth. Well, you were, you were living in the world. You were still you were following the religious world. So, so that's you a fact. Like, if you're in sin and somebody gets baptized, is there any change or no? No. Well, let me ask you this. That's, that's a good point, so, though, yeah. of, of Braxton, because of, a lot of people think that. that this, it, it, the, the scripture gives an order there, right? Okay, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, 7 and 10, it says, Godly sorrow leads to repentance, repentance to salvation. So you, you can't uh, have salvation before you get repentance because that's, the, that's, that's not the order. Jesus said in Luke uh, 13 and 3 and verse 5, he says, Repent and you shall likewise perish. Repentance was what was necessary and it had to take place before you could receive salvation. You're not saved in your sin, you're saved from your sin. So, uh, People that are thinking, well, I'm, I, you know, I accept the Lord, I'm this and that, but I'm still sinning. I'm gonna get baptized, wash away my sin. Well, what were you? You washing away all your past sin, not your future sin, as it says in Romans chapter three, verse twenty-five. You sin, you will be forgiven for your past sin. So, to answer your question, the answer, the answer is, is the baptism was basically worthless. You may as well be in a chasm and just got christened, you know, and to call that your baptism. So Repentance has to take place before baptism. Mm -hmm. Repentance has to take place before salvation. Mm -hmm. He said, repent and then, that's Acts 2.38, repent and then be baptized 
and you will receive the Holy Ghost. So repentance is necessary. Without repentance, no, it's nothing. You're not doing anything. You're just going down to some water, and you are just washing the dirt off your meat. That's about it. So if you have not been baptized since you believed and, and quit sinning and repented, you need to get baptized. And we want to do that one Sunday here. We'll have a, we'll have a word of baptism and baptize each other. Isn't a baptism for a public display? Isn't that what it's really about? But the scripture doesn't say that. The scripture just says, be baptized. That's what the scripture says. Are you ready to get baptized? Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Wes. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a public display because you have uh, who was it? Um, the in Acts where yeah. Philip the evangelist baptized the Ethiopian, Ethiopia. and it was just him and the Ethiopian. There wasn't a crowd yeah, there, so was there? <laughs> there wasn't really some big like, big public display. Now confession. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, you've made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now lay hold on eternal life. So you you making the confession, confession like Romans chapter 10 is made unto salvation. It's not your salvation. It's made unto salvation. That's why you've made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now lay hold on eternal life. You, you, your confession is not eternal life. It's just a proclamation in front of a bunch of people, like a wedding would be. Um, but obviously your faithfulness is beyond just the wedding banquet. Um, but baptism, I mean, it can be a public convention, but it really, like Don says, it's not really, you know, declares, it doesn't really state that within the Bible. Um, but yeah, just as much as your confession can be meaningless, um, or your praise or your worship can be meaningless if your heart's not in it. So can baptism be meaningless if your heart's not in it. Now, now some people uh, being will um, feel like well, Lord of baptism is just a ritual, or because all the churches do that, and so uh, whatever the church is doing's got to be wrong. That, that's not so. Uh, first, first of all, is baptism necessary for salvation? Let's go to there. We know that the man on the, the thief on the cross had died, never was baptized, and he went to be with Jesus in paradise. It, it was not necessary for his salvation. There, the real baptism that he's talking about here in Romans 6 is actually being submerged in Christ and losing your life and resurrecting unto newness of life. But the scripture does say, be baptized. So in obedience to the command of the Lord, you don't want to be disobedient or withhold that. So if you haven't been born baptized, I strongly recommend and say, do it. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, come on, just it's not a big deal. Do it. And because Jesus said, do it. So why do you call me Lord? Do not the things that I say. He said, be baptized. The be reason baptized. why I Good. said that is because I've been taught that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's why. I know. And I we all have. Scriptural, but that I've been taught that. Right. It's not really about what the Word of God is about this public display. No. Of, and it's all a bunch of stuff that's been kind of. Right. Assumed on reality. Right. So, I'm well, I'm okay. Uh, let's go a little further here. Don't you know that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. We relate into his death that we die in Christ and resurrect with him. him. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. But like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. 
For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, the, old, the way we used to live, the old person we used to be in sin, is crucified with him. What, just like Galatians 5.24, those that are Christ have crucified the affections and the lusts, the passions of their desires. Christ, if you're a Christian, you've already crucified the sin in your life, the lusts, all that. If you haven't done that, that means you haven't come through a full repentance to receive salvation yet, and that needs to be taken care of. So that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Um, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 3. And... Um, First Peter chapter three. We'll close. Uh, we'll close in chapter three here. Uh, it says, uh, verse twenty-one: the life figure wearing to even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. You have a good conscience. If you have sin in your heart, mm-hmm. you can't have a good conscience, Cedric. I have a question. Sure. So would would someone having a pure conscience be the answer if they made it? Okay, I have a pure conscience now, or I don't have a pure conscience now. Could that be confirmation for a person? Absolutely. If you've got a conscience and there's no, and you have a good, clean conscience before God, uh, then there's no sin in your life. Correct. And therefore, you are, you know, that you're right with God. Uh, some people say, "Well, I shouldn't even examine myself." Well, Second well, Corinthians thirteen says, "Examine yourself to see if you're in the prove your own self that you're whether you're in the faith or not." Mm-hmm. How do you prove? How do you examine you? It's the Word of God. You examine yourself by the Word of God. Right. So if I if I am walking and I in, in my conscience I don't have any consciousness of sin mm-hmm. that means I've got a pure conscience mm-hmm. before God and man right. then I know that by examination that I'm walking in His righteousness and I'm ready to meet the Lord. Amen. And everybody should be at that place where you could say, "Hey, and when you say and you have a pure conscience before God, that's why they hit Peter. I mean Philipp- Paul because they thought he because he was saying I don't have any sin." You know, Philipp- Philippians three. Yeah, same thing. That's right. So he says here, um, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is going into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels, authorities, and powers being made subject unto him. Amen. What an awesome God. He did it all, didn't he? He came to earth. He lived the life. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he grew in wisdom and knowledge. In uh, favor of God, He was tempted in all points, just like we are, yet was without sin, so that He could help us through our through temptation. He provided a way of escape for us to escape from temptation. He suffered the cross. He went down into the lower parts of the earth to set those that were in captivity free, and gave gifts to men. Uh, to help to, to for us to come to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ and to walk in his holiness. And he's coming back another time, the Bible says in Hebrews 9, a second time for those that are without sin, to bring us his bride, pure, holy, and blameless, to live with him forever. Ephesians 5, verse 27. That goes along with what you're saying. It says that Christ is coming yeah, back. Yeah, they come church, back for a church that's spotless, blameless. without blameless, mm-hmm. uh, without blame and holy. Washed by the washing of the word, or of the word by the of God. Amen. 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 Everybody got it. Pretty, pretty good. Isn't it? Yeah, pretty good. Huh? <laughs> Real good. Okay, you want to say something? Okay. <laughs> Anybody else have any comment to say?
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you. Amen. 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 Uh, at this time, we're going to have communion. Um, we uh, want you guys to join in with us. If you have bread and wine or, or grape juice, we'd love to have you with us and join in as we uh, do this in remembrance of what the Lord has done for us. Uh, God bless you. Uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, let us come together in communion now. Um, would you take out your bread as uh, we get ready here? Uh, the Lord said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said that uh, they were some were coming together uh, for communion and they were um, eating and not thinking of others and not discerning the body of Christ. And they were eating the bread in the body of Christ unworthily. And he said, that is the reason why some are sick and some even die among you because they do not discern the body of Christ. So make sure that you are, your heart is right with God, that there's no sin there. Uh, it's kind of like water baptism. There's no point in doing that if you're not really right with God. And, and I pray that, uh, he said that today's the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. If there is anything that you uh, confess it and that you turn from it, that you repent from it. Uh, don't be like the uh, children that lived in the time of Noah and rebelled against God. Do things God's way. I would hate God to have repented that he made me. Amen? Amen. But I wanted to be glad that he made me. And I'm glad that he made me because I'll spend eternity with him. But when he was together and, they, and he was getting ready to face uh, the death of the cross, the agony uh, in the garden as he prayed, um, they were together and he knew it was coming. He knew he had to drink of this cup that was going to be bitter. And he even said, Lord, let this pass from me if it be possible, but nevertheless not my will, but your will be done. He was surrendered to the Father, knowing that he would have to take on one of the greatest deaths and uh, uh, one of the most awesome, painful things that he was going to go through <coughs> by mankind. Uh, but when he was there, he, they were having their last supper together the last time they were going to eat. And he, he took the bread and he, before his disciples and he said, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that I give up for you. And he said, I want you to take this and I want you to eat it in remembrance of me. And they took and they ate. After they had eaten the bread, he lifted up the cup, he took the cup, and he says, this is my blood that I'm shedding for you, for your forgiveness and remission of sins. This is the blood that I will shed on the cross for each of you. This is the New Testament, the new covenant for you. Take it and drink. And they all drink. What a blessing. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for attending and being uh, with us tonight, all that are here present, all that are on thank Skype. You. And uh, you too. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for listening in. And all the comments uh, we'll, we'll be going over with Cedric later from, uh, from YouTube and, um, and Skype also. Thank you for your input. Thank you for being part of this service. Uh, I would uh, like for you to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And the notifications so that you get future notifications of the videos. You'll be able to watch all of, our, all of our live videos and all the ones that have been recorded. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a great night or day and, uh, and good week, and we'll see you soon. Lord bless every one of you. Thank you.
Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. You okay? Yeah. You get sleepy in that house over in uh, Peerport, don't you? I don't know why that is. You must have something in the air or something. Bro, it's kind of good. You know, you're resting in the Lord. You feel comfortable. comfortable. No, I was like, you got to confess it. Yeah, bro. I enjoy yeah, they just yeah, they yeah, they yeah, they're very, very good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I noticed that young, that other guy, the short guy, he's kind of opening up for it, you know? So he used to use the, the poster boy pace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He put his start before he wouldn't say much. He was throwing it outside of the smoke. And now he's like, yeah, hey, he's staying like in there and he's asking and he's commenting. You know, yeah. he's opening himself up. He kind of fit your country. Some plaid pants or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. What you doing on the 29th? Yeah. She's over there. I'll be doing that. Like, I'll schedule ahead of time. Well, what you got going on? So, we're going to be ministering to the homeless downtown. Yeah, so you might like that. Wait, what time? So, 12 noon on 29 is a Sunday. 12 noon. Yeah. So, we're going to be eating. Matter of fact,